0: So as far as the Christian calendar is concerned, we we talked about this as we entered into Advent. We showed, I I don't have it today, but we showed you may, if you were here, you remember a big circle and it had the months along the outside and then different seasons um, that the church participates in. And Advent begins that Christian calendar, uh, Sometime around the end of November or early December is when Advent begins. It all has to do with where Christmas falls. And um, then that initiates a series of seasons. We've finished Advent, we've done Christmas, and now we're in a very short season called Christmas Tide or Christmas Time, where we just continue to talk about the Christmas story and the implications of of a birth of our Savior and and our Messiah. This then leads us into a season called Epiphany, where if you've heard Epiphany in the sense of, um, and I received this Epiphany or this light bulb moment or this aha moment, right? That is where Christ, we, we look at passages of Scripture where Christ is revealed to us. So Advent leads up to the birth of Christ. Christmas and Christmas tide talk about the birth of Christ. And then Epiphany reveals to us just who Christ is, and we'll look at a lot of his miracles and parables. And then Lent is the period of time leading up to Easter, where we talk about um, how Christ suffers with us but takes on our suffering. And then Easter itself, where he is risen. And then there's Easter Tide, There's a season following Easter where we look at other passages about, hey, what's, what's possible now that Christ has risen? And then we move into a season called Ordinary Time where uh, we talk about, you know, this last summer we just talked about Mark, right? We looked at the book of Mark. And so um, that's kind of where we're at in the calendar. So Christmas Tide is going to be this week and next week, and then Epiphany will begin. And um, if you've been, uh, hopefully you've been following along in in a couple of different ways this Advent season. Obviously, we've been talking about Advent-related themes on Sunday mornings. And whether you've been here or perhaps you've listened to them online, hopefully you've been able to catch up. But then also if you've had those daily devotionals, um, if if you've been working through those, of course that ended on on Christmas. And hopefully um, a, a couple of those ways really helped you engage with this Advent season where we talked about waiting. It's pretty much something that came up every week. And today, perhaps, could serve as um, how should we prepare for when the waiting ends, right? Um, so, a applicable, an applicable and applicable thing to talk about after Advent, but also throughout the year. Perhaps something good for you to have on your mind is, so you've been waiting, and now the waiting is over. As far as Advent is concerned, we've been waiting for a Christ. We've been waiting for a Messiah. That Messiah has come. Now what? Or what should we prepared for? Today might be able to put a few things together in that regard. We are going to be in Matthew chapter 2. Um, if you want to follow along on one of the Bibles on the table, we're going to be on page 1501 and 1,502, 1501 and 1502. Uh, Pastor Cassie earlier read the first half of Matthew chapter 2. We read about the Magi, sometimes are referred to as three wise men, who are prompted to visit a newborn Christ, and they also have an interaction with, with Herod in the process, where if, if you're catching that at all, um, and we'll learn this when, when I read the second half of chapter 2, but... Herod doesn't have the purest of motives. <laughs> um, rulers tend to not, and we will read that for certain um, in verses 13 through 23. But the Magi, they bring their gifts. They hear in a dream not to return from Herod. There's a lot going on even in those first 12 verses. But allow me to read Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 uh, through the rest of the chapter, finishing uh, what Pastor Cassie introduced us to. Uh, So this is what verse 13 says. Uh, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. So when the Magi left Mary and Joseph, um, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Angel said, get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Uh, When that was said, uh, then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and refusing to be comforted because there are no more. Verse 19 says, After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went off to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, He was afraid to go there. So, having been warned in a dream, he went and lived. um, Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. And thus is some of the origins of our denomination, it so happens to to be, um, that we associate ourselves with the one who was born of Nazareth. Because that wasn't a compliment, by the way. Um, that's why we we call ourselves Nazarenes. Um, I want to pull out one central theme of Matthew chapter two, and that theme is hearing. This idea of hearing, um, hearing something. In verse three, Herod hears of the news of a born king to the Jews, and he responds, of course, in the way that he responds. In verse 12, the Magi hear in a dream not to return to Herod on their way home. In verse 13, Joseph hears in a dream to get his family to Egypt. In verse 16, Herod hears that he was outwitted by the Magi. In verse 19, Joseph hears in a dream to go to the land of Israel. In verse 22, Joseph hears in a dream to go to Galilee. A lot of hearing is happening. And if we were reading this story as a general, just story, a general narrative, we are observers reading a story that has been handed down through generations, then we could say a couple of things. We could say, here are a few different examples of hearing something and then responding. That's a very base level, broad look of this passage. Herod heard something, he responded in a very violent way, right? Joseph heard something, and he was obedient to what he heard. The Magi heard something, and they were obedient to what they heard. So we could just look at this and say a couple of examples of people hearing something and responding in some way. If we went a little bit deeper we could say, wow, it's crazy that the Magi and Joseph seem to be hearing from God. That's a, that's a little bit more below-the-surface reading of this story. We go from, here's examples of people hearing from someone, and this is how they respond. We go a little bit deeper and say, they're hearing from God. That's crazy. <laughs> God is speaking to people. Through angels and dreams, that is wild. However, we can't stop there. As those that are desiring to be more like Christ, we are tasked to do what I would like to call reading ourselves into the story. We are called, we are asked, we are tasked with reading ourselves into the story Asking questions like, in this particular passage, who do I associate myself with? Or in this particular passage, if I was in the shoes of so-and-so, what would I do? If I was, if I was Joseph and I heard in a dream that I was supposed to do something, would I do it? When we read ourselves into the story, this particular story we realize that maybe we are meant to hear from God as well. And that's what I want to settle on us for just a moment. Is it's one thing to read about Magi and Joseph. And if you're familiar with the scriptures at all, both Old and New Testament, God reveals himself to people In a variety of ways. Sometimes we read people hearing an audible voice from God. Sometimes we read of God revealing himself uh, through dreams, even talking donkeys, if you really know your Old Testament. Um, And of course, the voices of prophets like Jeremiah and Isaiah and things like that. In a variety of ways, God speaks. And let's open up our imaginations, let's open up our minds, to this idea that maybe people who were created in the image of God by God, people who are doing their very best to follow after the Son of God and wanting to look even more like God, maybe those people, us, could hear from God as well. So our theme is hearing. And I'd like to present hearing as part of a three-step or three, move, process, or list. And hearing is actually number two in this list. Once again, this is under the context of what do we do once the waiting is over? Or maybe even how do we wait a little bit better? Step one, and it's going to sound synonymous with hearing, but I'll explain. Step one is listen. Step one is listen. I would like to present to you that before we can hear anything, we need to hold a posture of listening. We need to be open to hearing something. And that is really a big first step, to even be open to being told something. If you have ever said something to someone and you feel that your words went in one ear and out the other, That you perhaps were speaking to someone who wasn't even ready to listen. You see what I mean? (laughs) Someone said children. (laughs) Um, Yeah. There's something to be said for saying, if I could give you this phrase, bring it. Bring it on. I'm ready to hear what I need to hear. And I would suggest, and after I read this list of three, just in my brief life experience and contemplation and considering, I find the posture of listening to be the most difficult. And, and I'll, I'll tie this all together after the list of three, but I just want to stay with listening for a minute. Um, this idea of listening open, openly, asking what is being said to me. Here's the deal. We believe that God has spoken. That's something we believe is true. We have scriptures that have been handed down through millennium and generations and it is quite a miracle that even in the language of English we have these it really is a miracle. We're reading thousands and thousands of year old accounts. And English hasn't been around for that long by the way. And um, so we we read stories of God having spoken. The very, very, very first page in everyone's Bible accounts for a God speaking creation into existence. It it is through speaking that he creates. His breath brings about light and darkness and water being separated from the earth. And there's this void and, and there's land creatures and sea creatures and air creatures and all of these things. The very first page of all of our Bibles is speaking. So God has spoken. But what we also need to hear is that he is still speaking. God spoke on the first page of our Bibles. God speaks on the last page of our Bibles. And he has also been speaking throughout human history to different people, to to rise up and do certain things and speaking to different um, groups of people to make certain decisions, even you, I believe all of us, in some way, shape, or form, and this is where we really have to put on our um, just willingness to engage in mystery hats, (laughs) right? But I believe that God still speaks. He has spoken, but he is speaking. So we are to have the posture of listening. Step two, then, is hearing. When we listen, we say, bring it. When we hear, we say, I receive it. If it's going in one ear and out the other, I don't receive it, obviously, because I'm not choosing to retain it. But we also say, I am hearing, because of the fact that I'm listening openly, I am hearing faithfully. I'm not hearing what I want to hear. Now, once again, it requires open listening. It requires, and I think this is done in the listening stage, settling in your heart, being willing to potentially hear something you don't want to hear. So hearing says, I receive this. Example, Herod was listening for himself. Rulers do this, right? We hear what we want to hear when we have just a little bit of power and authority. So Herod is listening for himself, therefore he heard selfishly. Herod was not open to listening in a very open way, saying bring it. As, a, as someone in authority, as someone in power, Herod was listening in a very selfish way. He was listening for things where he could advance himself, where he could maintain himself. And so when he heard news, it was already skewed. You know what Herod should have done when it was announced that a king has been born to the Jews, which included him? There should have been some rejoicing, right? Like he himself If he was listening faithfully as someone who perhaps claimed to have some pseudo-religious brand of faith as a ruler that all rulers say they have, he should have, even himself, if he was being faithful, would have said, I'm a human, I'm in power, but this is even better news than me being in charge. He doesn't, though. So he hears selfishly, and his response is, you know, let's go go kill people, right? (laughs) Which is not a good one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, little people. So we pray the same prayer at the end of every gathering, right? This is one of the exact reasons why we pray the words, give us your ears so that we can hear like you. One of the exact reasons why we do that, is because there's something to be said for hearing like Christ. And I would suggest to you being able to hear like the magi, being able to hear like Joseph. But we want the ears of Christ so that we can hear like him. Listening openly says, bring it. Hearing faithfully says, I receive this. And step three is act. Step three says, this is what I have got to do, right? So it's this three-step move, listen, hear, and act. Open listening says, bring it on. Faithful hearing says, okay, I receive this. Whether I wanted to hear it or not, I receive it. And acting accordingly says, this is what I must do. When we listen openly... And we hear faithfully. We are empowered to act accordingly. So I don't know where this lands for you. That's all I got today. In just a moment, we're going to enter into some some table discussion. And I would really love um, for you all to kind of look towards 2020 as we have our discussion. Once again, we ask the same three questions They're on the table guides in front of you. What are you hearing? What are you going to do about it? And how can we help or pray for you? Um, So whatever you have heard over the last, uh, we've been here for 55 minutes, where we've been singing and catching up and um, we've prayed and we've opened the scriptures and read from them and I've been afforded the privilege to share a few thoughts about them. Whatever you have heard since the moment you walked in, um, perhaps that is God speaking to you. And perhaps that is a living and active God who is is saying something, which is which is quite the quite the blessing. Um, hopefully, after having heard something or or in this case, maybe you've been hearing something over and over again this year. Maybe you've been sensing that you've needed to do something over and over again this year. And maybe you're at the point, um, and I'm at this point with a few things in my life, where, okay, New Year, we've been given the blessing of a a new start to something. Let's commit to this, right? Maybe you're at that place as well. Um, So I would encourage you to identify something that you can do based on what you have heard. That's kind of the progression this this progression that I shared from Matthew chapter two is the same progression we take in our table guides. Is is what have you you know as you've been listening? What have you heard? What are you going to do about it? Now go do something about it, because that third question asks, how can we be praying for you, or how can we help? Um, I really like that question. How can I help? you know it's a lot easier to sit on your couch and pray for someone (laughs) than it is to get up off the couch (laughs) and into the car and go do something for someone. And yet, I think that if God is working his work through us, then our physical helping could be an answered prayer. So, yes, pray, but do as well. So that's why that last question is worded how it is. Sometimes it's just pray for me, and I get that. Um, but sometimes you want someone to do something for you. <laughs> and, and sometimes if someone did something for you, it would make your life a heck of a lot easier. And even though you don't want to ask, what you are giving yourself the opportunity to do is receive a blessing from someone else. And that's a good and beautiful thing too. So I turn things over to you all. Let's take the next five to ten minutes. Um, work through those things. The, the first question would be awesome if everyone could answer, even sharing a couple of words or thoughts, and then uh, work through that list. Don't have to go in order. If you want to answer the second or third one, then do it, and if you've got something that you need some, some help with, then just share it. Um, share what you're comfortable with, be good listeners, and uh, we'll come back together in a little bit.